This week's episode of Enough is brought to you by DocuSign, the easiest and most secure way to append a signature onto a document, no matter where you are. DocuSign is a really excellent app. Um, it's also a web service as well, and I've been really impressed by taking a look at it, at the power that it has to allow you to get your documents completed no matter where you are. So if you have a document that needs signing, let's say some sort of legal document, um, you have contracts that need signing with people, DocuSign is the way to go. You can upload um many file formats, including Word, Excel, uh, PDFs, and many more. You can capture the documents directly from your hard drive, or you can use um, online cloud services like Box.net, Dropbox, Google Docs, or Salesforce to get your documents into DocuSign, and then they live there. All you need to do then is you can access from the web, you can access on the iPhone, iPad, or Android, where you can um, send out your documents to people that need to put their information on them, or you can sign them and fill them in yourself, and you always have them there ready for you to access. When creating a document to send out to people, you can add digital sign here labels to your documents so people know exactly where they need to sign. And you can also add in fields for people to complete, like with addresses and names and stuff like that. People receive the documents by email. You just type in their addresses and they will be guided from tab to tab, highlighting everywhere they need to sign and all the information that they need to fill in. DocuSign allow you to sign anytime, any place, and on any device. It's totally safe, secure, and legally binding. You can help support us and start your no-limit 30-day free trial at DocuSign.com. That's D-O-C-U-S-I-G-N.com forward slash 70 decibels. Hello, Michael. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you? You know, I'm doing doing okay. Doing okay. You probably know a lot less about what's going on in my life these days because, well, I'm not tweeting about it every... Yeah. All yeah. the time. Tell, so, you have recently left Twitter again. You've, this isn't the first time you've done this, though. No, no, no. And I, I keep doing it and I keep coming back and I'm keep feeling stupid for doing so but yeah um uh yeah taking a, a extended uh twitter uh vacation um and you wrote a piece about it as well i did um it, it actually i i believe uh currently holds the title as the stupidest the <laughs> silliest post name uh i've ever uh, i've ever come up with uh, which is Twalden, <laughs> T W A L D N, but it's all it's all related. Um, those that have listened to the show for a while and or uh, even recently know that I'm a big fan of uh, uh, Henry David Thoreau um, uh, and especially of uh, his, uh, his seminal book uh, Walden: uh, A Life in the Woods. Um, which was in part um, about his experience uh, uh, building a small cabin on the uh, on uh, a bit of land uh, near Walden Pond, uh, just not too far outside of town. Actually, uh, the property itself was owned by um, his uh, good friend and uh, literary contemporary um, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Um, and, uh, he, he went to Waldo and said, Hey, Waldo, <laughs> um, where are you? Uh, and, uh, after he found him, uh, in the red and white striped shirt and the blue, uh, toque, uh, 
he uh, said, hey, uh, you got this land over here next to this pond. Do you mind if I build a small cabin on it and, I don't know, uh, hang out there uh, away from society for a while? And Ralph said, uh, yeah, uh, I've always known you to be a little bit crazy. Sure, go ahead. And uh, so he did and uh, decided to kind of remove himself from society for a while, uh, live a simple life, uh, live uh, according to his own means. And, uh, and mainly not necessarily because he didn't like society or he didn't like um, the friendships that he had or the interactions that he had, but that he knew that in order to best evaluate it and his place within it, he had to remove himself from it for a time so that he might come back to it that much better. Um, no, now knowing his place within it. And so that's kind of been the theme and it is a running theme of my, um, my Twitter vacations, right? Uh, whenever I feel like I don't know what this thing is or why I'm here or what my place is here or what I'm supposed to be doing with it or why, and that's the big question, why, then I walk away from it for a time. I take a break. How long is this break going to last for? If you change, if you, is your no mind? No idea. None. Zero zip. Do you think no you idea. will come back to Twitter this I time? Do, I, I don't know. <laughs> so I really not, don't. So I'm going to assume you're not missing it so far. Well, I mean, yes and no. Um, and that's the thing, right, is I'm trying to evaluate what are the things – What what is it that I'm missing? Am I missing the conversation with friends? Am I missing um, the – you know, just kind of having a window into some of the things my friends are interested in or th- thinking about. Am I missing some of the interesting links or interesting things that I find there? Um, and, uh, you know, so that's from a, you know, from a uh, what I, you know, get out of it standpoint, but also from what I put into it. You know, um, I've, I've got this, you know, I've got a few books that I'd like to mention from time to time. And that seems like a good place to do it where people actually notice and I don't know, buy them. Um, and without that area to kind of promote those things, where do I do that on my blog? Well, now I have a blog where all I'm doing is talking about my book every couple of weeks, you know, or and that doesn't seem right either you know um the links interesting links and interesting things that i share the interesting quotes that i find that i think uh, others would be would find value in things like that Uh, are those being missed i mean do people actually miss me there i wonder that i wonder if people miss me being around if anyone has even really noticed (laughs) you know yeah, it sounds silly and narcissistic, but you know these are things that I think about too. Mm. And and if no one notices, if no one really notices or cares, then why? Why should I be there in the first place? You know, like uh, 
my friends notice, my real life friends notice when they haven't seen me or talked to me in a while, right? And they'll shoot me an email. Hey, it's been a while. You doing okay? What's up? How you doing? We should catch up soon. You know? I left Twitter over, you know, what, two weeks ago now. I don't know that anyone's missed me. Well, how are they going to tell you? Email. I don't know. Plenty of ways to get in touch. No, email's scary. Like, especially someone for someone like yourself, people will always try and stay away from you in regards to email. I really? Think. Yeah, because you know, for the lack of a of a better term, you're one of these productivity guys, right? And I just think that. people are going to stay away from that i really do man okay look i need to tell people right now i love email send me email seriously like emails like the thing right and because i'm one of these quote-unquote productivity guys i don't own that title but it was just laid on me a couple of seconds ago i know how to deal with that i have a system for that that i have expectations around right you know i i know what it's to expect there and i know how to deal with it and i know how to communicate what people should expect from me what people should expect is that if they send me an email that they don't receive one back immediately because it ain't twitter (laughs) it's one of those things where i sit down at certain periods of the day usually only one usually at night usually uh sometime between 9 and 10 p.m where i sit down and then i answer all of these emails and it's great because then I get to do it on my terms. I think people see that stuff and they're like, like, because you used, like we spoke about this on the last episode, you use the away find stuff, right? Yeah. So you get the away find message. I honestly think that some people look at that and they're like, oh no, he doesn't, he gets too much email. And then they're like, I won't, I won't send him email again. Oh. And as well, like, if somebody wants to send you an app reply, right? Yeah. To something, or they just want to say, "Oh, what do you think of this?" It's like 120 characters, you know, ish. You know, depending on obviously it's 140 if you're maxing out, but who does? And they know it can be easily missed. If somebody sends you an email, they are adding to the pile. They are giving you a pebble, right? Now. Not everybody wants to do that all the time because you know we appreciate the um, the the time of others. I think, and, and that's why people are so scared of email. Yeah, well, I would argue that you can send me just as short of a I mean, heck. Put your question in the subject line. Leave the body blank for all I care. Just put EOM in the subject line. I know that, hey, that's the end of message. Um, I have a couple of friends that do that, and it's great. Um, Do you want hundreds of emails a day? Because you would end up getting them, I think. uh, Let me put it this way. If I got hundreds of emails a day... I have a system in place that is robust enough that, you know, that I could deal with that. Yeah, but you're still having answers. People would just have to understand that, that, 
yes, just like with Twitter, um, I'm getting 50 at replies a day, right? Uh, I can't possibly respond to them all. But a lot less important <laughs> things go through your Twitter stream. And sometimes you may miss an important email because that you don't know is important until you see it because it could be from a new person. Okay. Um, so your system is not yet known to pick that up. You may uh, miss no. that. No? No, 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 no. My system is designed to pick that. I, when I say system, I'm not talking about a wayfind. I'm talking about my personal system because here's what I do. I go through all, you know, when I sit down to do my email, I go through and I quickly say, okay, Yep, this this needs a response. This doesn't. This this does. This uh, file file. Okay, here there. Boom 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 boom. Okay, now anything that required a response. Here's all the ones that require a quick one. Boom 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 boom. Here's all the ones that require a longer one. I'll deal with those when I have the time. Okay. I mean, I, I really do uh, have like I like I said. I feel like I have a measure of control with email that I don't have with Twitter. But I mean, even more than that, it's it's not just about um, my uh, my vacation from Twitter isn't just about my own personal um, uh, you know feelings of just wanting a break from it or yeah, you know not knowing how I fit there and not knowing if I'm adding to the conversation or just making people's lives worse or whatever. Um, and to think that I could do either is actually giving myself a tremendous amount of self-importance that doesn't exist. <clears throat> but I think also the, you know, Twitter is changing and evolving from this user and community-driven, organically kind of um, growing tool. Um, and the reason I refer to it that way is a lot of people don't know this history, but uh, just recently a few people wrote about it, and I'm going to point it out once again. And that is that most of the features of Twitter um, have come from the users, right? Um, things like at replies and things like, like um, well, direct messages even, um, and things like hashtags. Those were all created by users, and then Twitter adopted them as quote-unquote features after they gained wide use and acceptance, right? So um, um, Chris Messina uh, specifically uh, invented the hashtag. He came up with the hashtag. Um, I've known Chris for a long time. Um, but uh, I, I even remember the tweet where he did it, where he's like, been, you know, he w was thinking about, okay, for groups and things like that, how would we tag, how would we tag a tweet? And he came up with the idea of putting a pound sign in front of whatever that word was, right? Um, and thus a hashtag was born and he proposed it. Other people said, yeah, no, that seems like a good idea. Let's do that. And then they just started doing it. And then more people started doing it. And then as people came onto the service, they, they, they looked around and saw others doing this and were like, oh, okay, I get it. I get what that is. Let me do it, right? And that's how the hashtag was born. And then finally Twitter you know, was like, oh, oh, this hashtag thing might be a thing. Maybe we could run some ads against that. 
<laughs> um, you know, and uh, at reply, same thing. You know, it was a user saying we need some sort of way to say that this particular tweet is directed at this particular person, mm-hmm. in the hopes that they will see it. And da da da. And the at reply was born. It used to be in the in the you know early days after it was born. You didn't have some special way to filter out those at replies or whatever. You just you know, hopefully saw them. Um, you had to search. Yeah, you had to search for them. Because yeah. I was around in those days. Yeah. I remember all of this. Yeah. Like, and, uh, you know, I was, I mean, there's just been this thing floating around Twitter, you probably have missed it, called Old Tweets. Okay. And somehow somebody has managed to go back um, and find, and like, effectively mine the archives um and so so you can see your first tweets oh very cool interesting yeah it's really it's it's really interesting to see you'll have to send me a link to that so i can put it in the show notes because no i had not not even heard of this thing (laughs) it's uh (laughs) which is great to be honest with i'm i'm being quite serious i mean yeah it's been nice to be blissfully ignorant of some things. I'm going to email it to you. Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> Not like we don't have – and that's the other thing too, right? So I, you, you like how are people supposed to get in touch with you? And I said email. Well, my close friends also have iMessage as an option. Oh, they have iChat as an option. They have Skype as an option. They have There's a million other options to get in touch with me. Twitter isn't the only thing. And quite frankly, you know – I would prefer that people that don't know me as well use email and that everyone else use whatever they feel like. You know? Pick up the phone and call me, even. That's fine, too. I can tell you what your first tweet was. Ooh, can you? What was it? I'm going to search you now. Um, oh, user not found. It's weird. What? <laughs> I don't know why it's saying that. Oh, man. Patrick, Come on now. Patrick Roan. You spelled it right, didn't you? Yeah, of course I did. Yeah, Why am I not interested? finding you? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's probably something like, you know, Refugee from Jaiku or something. Because <laughs> that's that's how I got to Twitter. I got, I didn't, I was on Jaiku first. Remember Jaiku? I do remember Jaiku. Yeah. yeah. And I'll, I'll like uh, several of my friends who are on Twitter now, we were friends on Jaiku. When did and you when did you sign up? Cuz I think it only is looking from a certain period of time. You had to be a user within a certain period of time. Oh, okay. Like sort of from the start to X time. Yeah, I have no idea. There's no way I would be able to tell you that. Cuz it's um, only picking up 90 of my tweets from February to April of 2007. Okay. Because so it's got the first one because I joined in February 2007. I can tell you when you joined, actually, tweet wise, the ability to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and look at that and tell me. But you joined in September. So, what? September. So it might, I don't know, it, it might it might have missed you. Okay. September 2007? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, so like my friends Jason Eccles and Michael Ram and Brad Blackman, I believe. Um, trying to remember who else. 
I mean, but there's several people that are still they're like Twitter friends today. We were all on Jaiku. And I forget what happened with Jaiku. Something happened with Jaiku or or something. And uh, one of them, I can't even remember who it was, whether it was Michael or Jason or whatever. One of them was like, yeah, I kind of checked out Twitter and I'm kind of liking that a little bit more. Why don't we all go over there? And we're like, okay, you know. (laughs) And that's when I liked it, right? I liked it when it was just a few friends of mine hanging out and when – the focus was, and this is the other thing, when the question was different, when the question was, what are you doing, right? Because when the question was, what are you doing, and, you know, Twitter was originally based on, you know, being a status app, like just updating your status. Mm-hmm. Jack Dorsey had a fascination with cab company uh, checking in you know, checking in their, their status and location. And it was through this fascination that Twitter was born. You know, the idea of doing a similar thing, but for, you know, web workers and developers and things like that, you know, just checking in, here's what I'm working on. Here's what I'm, here's what I'm doing right this second, you know? Um, And that's the purpose for which he built it. And that was his only feature. At first, for for a long time, in fact, its only feature was basically as a status updater. And you just, you know, said, here's what I'm doing. And it gave you this really unique window into people's days, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you weren't using it for necessarily for conversation or for, um, you know, or for discovery of new links or anything. You know, it was just, you know, I, oh, wow, you know. My friend uh, has an interesting work life and this need to get a picture of the things he's working on as I'm here working on my things and giving him that same thing. But as Twitter grew and at replies and hashtags and other things got adopted and whatnot and they started to see the business opportunity and I think mainly after they saw that, oh, this could be a powerful communication tool for, um, you know, for – I don't know, political change, like the Iranian revolution and things like that, right? Um, or, or protests, I should say. There was no revolution. Um, um, uh, but you know, when they started to see that, they changed the question to what's happening. Thus, finally cementing in people's minds that they were no longer interested in being a status tool. They were now interested in being a reporting tool, which is different. Instead of me posting about my life and what I'm doing, that's not the question that they're asking anymore, right? The question they're asking is, what's happening around me? They don't want me to be a participant, you know, in, in, in that. They want me to be a reporter in that. And, you know, even that is... I don't know. There's a certain part of me that just wishes it could go back to its roots. And I know that's impossible and that no one uses it that way anymore. Um, but I wish more people did. And maybe when I do come back, maybe that's how I'll use it. You know, maybe it, if I do. Maybe we'll all need to move somewhere else soon. Well, I mean, you know, the thing is, is that in order for Twitter to make money, and God bless them, they're going to have to do it. Um, 
but in order for them to do it, they're going to have to severely rein in and own as much of the functionality and as much of the interaction as possible. Mm. Right? Like that's the only way they can make money because it's the only way they can build advertising against it. It's the only way they can build metrics and go back to those advertisers and say, this many people saw X. Well, it's not the only way they can make money, but I've spoken about that in a bunch of different places, mainly on Cooking With. But yeah. They I don't can make know. money in other ways. They're just choosing not to. They're choosing not to. And I, I, I think at this point to try to make it m- – money any other way would be next to impossible. I don't think so, but that's a that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But all I'm trying to point out is that um the saber rattling they've been doing with with third party clients is a very real and obvious thing. And it's not like they they have been anything less than transparent about this. They have said, look all of this stuff you're doing with being able to mute things and being able to hide things and being able to, you know, that we are going to severely rein in your ability to do that. We're going to severely restrict the API so that you have to show certain things. And that if you want to play this game, you're going to have to show these things because it's the way that we that we make money. And, you know, and I could easily see that I don't know exactly how they're going to go about doing that, but I could easily see them saying no more third-party clients. I could easily see them saying all third-party clients have to have to be blessed and approved by us. You know, I could easily see them see them saying, you know, hey, third-party clients, you know, here's all you can do with the API. And if you do anything that is against our terms of use and our terms of use say you have to show promoted treats tweets you have to show twending t- trending topics you have to show you know all of these things then and you don't do that then you're out then we cut you off and thanks to OAuth, they can do that with the flip of a switch so you know, and you know, God bless them for wanting to control the experience and control the service and make money. And I, I am not begrudging that at all. But I am saying that you know that maybe that's not a place I want to return to. You know, maybe I wanted I want to go to some place like this app.net thing, which is trying to build a Twitter-like thing that people pay for, and running a Kickstarter-like thing to fund it, and. I'm still very unclear about what happens to my $50 when it fails. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've backed that thing as well. Have you? Yeah. Are you concerned at all about, like, if this thing doesn't get built, do you get your $50 back? Well, they haven't charged you. Oh, okay. They only charge you when they build the thing? Potentially. Although they can do whatever they like, but that's what they've said. <laughs> Okay. Because <laughs> this is just some company. They're not using uh, Kickstarter. They're just taking, from what my understanding is, they're just taking the, the card information and it says we'll charge you if we meet our pledge level, but they have my card information, so they could just take it. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm comfortable that with that. App.net, okay. isn't it, right? App.net. Yeah. yeah uh, well, don't you go to like, 
if you just go to app.net, I don't think that's like their business site. Is don't you have to go to like join.app.net to get to the yeah, but there's a massive page? like blue thing. And they got a video now that I've not watched because I only viewed this on mobile. I just saw a bunch of people sign up, and I was like, right, I'm going for it. They've had mm. sixty thousand dollars pledged of a half a million dollar goal, and they've got twenty seven days left. It has the potential mm-hmm. to get to where they need to get it, but. Yeah, yeah. I think they're going to have to. I think they really need to be a lot more clear and transparent about. For one thing, they need to have something to show, which they don't have yet. Um, uh, but uh, for another thing, I think they need to be a little bit more clear about okay, here's the way this works we take your credit card, we charge you the $50 when this thing gets funded. And then we build this. And if this is not built or, you know, here's the way you can get your money back at any time if you, if you feel this is not working, right? I mean, because how many people have, like, even with Kickstarter stuff, have pledged this money and whatnot and, you know, this thing has not gotten built or there's been delay after delay after delay or, like, they ship out a batch, the first batch, and then you have to wait another three months before they can ship out the next batch and yours is in the next one. Or, I mean, that's the problem with a lot of these things is that there's no, you know, nobody is, is you know, setting out and saying, okay, these are the rules. And when you give your $50 or whatever it is, this is what it goes to. And this is when you can expect to see some action, right? You know, I uh, want to see this thing. So I'm, I'm concerned that I don't think they will make it because they've had their initial boost. There's been a lot of talk about this stuff with Kickstarter recently for different people doing different sorts of projects like the Penny Arcade guys. You mm-hmm. get an additional you get you get your your initial boost. You get this when the press are linking to you, people are talking about you on Twitter. Mm-hmm. They've had that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that was three days ago. I mean it's you know, it's not the end of the world. Like there there's twenty seven more days, but they're they're not gonna have twenty seven more days of consistent press coverage, so they've still I mean, half a million dollars is a lot of money. Um I've look at they've got an FAQ. They they wanted to use Kickstarter but can't because of the Kickstarter rules prohibit it. Mm. So there you go. That's why. Okay. But anyway, anyway, we've gone on a real tangent now. Yeah, we we have. We'll check back in uh, with you on this one, of course. Um, Yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Who knows? By the next time we record, I might be tweeting up a storm, and all of this will be moot and water under the bridge because I I have a bunch bunch of more opinions about this so we'll have to talk about it another time oh really okay alright alright man alright well I guess we'll chat later then we will cheers cheers